0: Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon to you, Dan Torres. Good afternoon, Buzz. How goes the day? The the day goes well. Mm-hmm. I um I got a phone call at about 5:30 this morning of 5:30 a.m. 5:30 a.m. of uh, yet another Afghan resettling um, individual who needs desperately needs legal services. It's becoming like even more frequent than it was. Um, so I've been talking a lot with the um, Alex Kazem, I think we're going to have Alex on the show soon uh, from the Center for uh, New Americans, talking about um, the desperate need that so many of those people that we heard about who escaped at the uh, you know on the last planes that left Kabul mm-hmm. uh, during the withdrawal over a year ago, and um, they're just even despite the fact that we have made some inroads into providing providing uh, temporary uh, special temporary pieces for them. We still, um, there's so much to do. Yeah, I'm so glad that, you're still helping out. Yeah, it's it's been weighing on me all day, um, but other than that, I'm doing well. I'm very excited about our first guest today. Uh, we have a heated lieutenant governor's race in Massachusetts, um, and uh, we have had uh, today, uh, I'm really glad to have uh, this candidate on. I have not had her on. I have had the other two uh, on the show. And I'm uh, really grateful that uh, listeners and me will have the opportunity to uh, meet her live in color over the airways. And I think that she's on a call um, with us right now. It is Representative Dr. Tammy uh, Govea of Acton. Hello, doctor.
1: Hello. How are you? It's
0: nice I, to be here. Oh, it's nice to have you here. So there's um there's a lot that we want to talk about um with you about the position for which you're running but I guess the very first thing is tell us a little bit about you Tammy what we should know about your background and what what you think it makes uh, is relevant to uh, a lieutenant governor's position
1: Yeah so I grew up in the city of Lowell was really lucky my grandfather had been in the Carpenters Union that put my family on solid economic footing uh, my parents did need to, uh, borrow to send, borrow against their house, uh, which was a two family. They rented out the upstairs apartment, but they borrowed against the house to actually send me to Mount Holyoke College. So been in the Western Mass part of the state, uh, you know, having stayed there, uh, really lucky for that opportunity. But when I was growing up and even as a young adult moving back to the city of Lowell, realized, uh, just how many families are really left behind, how many families really struggle. Uh, with poverty, intergenerational poverty, uh, structural racism. So I knew from a young age that I wanted to give back to my community and I have been a social worker for 25 years. Uh, been a single mom along the way. So a lot of the financial challenges and, um, you know, getting slapped in the face after the recession, losing my job as a social worker for a little while and the job, you know, had unemployment benefits, but that doesn't, that only goes so far. Uh, really lived through those challenges. I've been a state representative for the last four years uh, after moving from Lowell to Acton. And now I'm running for lieutenant governor to take my experience as a social worker, as a doctor of public health, and a policymaker to really focus on putting people first. Uh, When we're making decisions on Beacon Hill, I believe that there's no reason why any person or region should be left behind and we see that repeatedly, uh, over and over, again. This race, uh, fixing, crisscrossing the Commonwealth uh, in my run for Lieutenant Governor.
0: Uh huh. Um, all of that is really interesting. Uh,
1: uh,
0: what is does a social worker, a licensed social worker, I know what you bring to individual needs. Uh, you, the profession is priceless and necessary. What can it bring to a Lieutenant Governor's position?
1: Yeah, I'm actually not a licensed uh, clinical social worker. There's um, social work actually started with raising and in public health is really the roots of social work. So I went back to those roots. Uh, so have been a, an activist for 25 years, um, really coalition builder, uh, collaborative uh, solution leader. Uh, that's the kind of social work that I practice. It's really about grassroots mobilization. Uh, I feel like I'm best positioned uh, to be the next lieutenant governor, to be um, a partner to more general ticket, just given my background as a community organizer and as an activist. I did do regional uh, residential um, clinical work for a little bit and just realized that I really want to get in and do policy making to address and try to prevent the issues that um, we're seeing. It's, it's a better. Taxpayer dollars. If we're preventing the challenges, it also uh, prevents human suffering, and that's really why I've chosen the kind of social work that I've, I've chosen to take on.
0: I am uh, talking right now with uh, Representative, I think, of the 14th uh, Middlesex uh, District, Tammy Gouveia. Uh, Tammy, you have floated in and out a couple of moments. We've heard most of what you said, but we did lose some words. So. If you're in a good place to pull over, it might be a good idea so that we don't lose you because we all want to hear what you have to say. Um, sure. Tell me, why you. we have three candidates vying for the Democratic nomination for Lieutenant Governor. Why Lieutenant Governor? What are the roles that you expect you'll be able to play? You just told us about what skills you bring, but what role you can play that would be effective as a lieutenant governor?
1: Yeah, so in statute, the lieutenant governor uh, is the chair of the governor's council. I really wanna leverage my skills as a social worker to uh, advocate for us uh, making appointments to the bench that uh, of judges who really understand the role that childhood trauma and systemic racism and intergenerational poverty play and folks becoming involved in the criminal legal system Um, But also outside of that, the position is really wide open, and I believe voters should be demanding more of this position. I believe that this is a position um, where someone can get in there from day one and get to the root causes of some of the big challenges we're facing. I have the skill set to do that as a doctor of public health, uh, to get in and and work with other folks, uh, bring people in across the Commonwealth to help us tackle Housing and mental health and human services, childcare and climate change. These are big, complex issues. We need someone who can get in and work on those issues. Um, we also need someone who can be a liaison to our municipalities. It's something that I do as a state representative already. Um, I believe that the role of lieutenant governor can be both uh, that liaison to our municipalities and also a content expert who can get in and address these big challenges Um, Because our municipal leaders are are faced with uh, challenges in the workforce, uh, lack of affordable child care in their area, and also the housing crisis, the real major housing crunch. I believe the best way for us to be partners to our municipal leaders is for someone in the corner office to get to work on those issues.
2: I
0: think that um, a lot of people who um, don't understand what the Governor's Council does do understand that traditionally it's lawyers for the most part it's not a job requirement but it is a constitutional office and it's lawyers who do it how do you think what do you think you bring to the Governor's Council as chair of the Governor's Council that will help as you said um, in those appointments to the parole board to the clerk magistrates office and also to the bench
1: yeah it's really about the way that you go about um, facilitating as a chair I have been the executive founder of um, several initiatives. Um, so I, I bring a, a deep uh, skill set in facilitative leadership. Um, I have been a leader throughout my whole entire career. And so we'll bring that to the role of the Governor's Council. You don't have to be uh, an expert in the kind of appointments that are being made, but it's really having an eye towards how do you work with the Governor's Council members? And how do we also move towards having those kinds of appointments that, uh, really align with the values, the progressive values of, uh, Massachusetts residents. And I believe that's again, having that eye towards, uh, the role that childhood trauma, structural racism, and intergenerational poverty play.
0: I would be remiss if I didn't bring up, um, uh, a little, um, Controversy that was uh, brewing not too long ago. I believe that your your campaign has been in part funded by the public financing committee. I I think that about one hundred and forty four thousand dollars you've used. You and Senator uh, Eric Lesser, one is your two opponents in the race for lieutenant governor. Uh, State Senator Eric Lesser uh, co-authored a letter to the chairman of the Massachusetts. Democratic Party Gus Bickford. And in it, you requested that the uh, party denounce the Republican-backed uh, Super PAC and condemn your other opponent, Salem Mayor Kim Driscoll, uh, with respect to that Super PAC. Can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I have been a staunch advocate of overturning Citizens United and really working towards getting big corporate dollars um, out of our elections. I worked on the question two a couple years ago, which would do just that. As a candidate in this race, I agreed to spending limits. That is what qualified me for uh, public financing. So when folks check off uh, that they want to contribute and divert a dollar of their taxes to this fund, that's exactly what it's there for. It's made for candidates like me who agree to those spending limits and who, you know, don't have access to the big attorneys and the big development firms um, and the big corporate donors. So I I care just desperately about this issue. And it is why uh, Senator Lester and I did co-author that letter, uh, really calling on Mayor Driscoll to denounce the development of this uh, Republican-backed super PAC. It also has a number of uh, developers, some of whom don't even live here in Massachusetts, who are trying to influence Uh, the decision-making of voters in Massachusetts, and I just simply don't believe that uh, this Republican-backed super PAC aligns with uh, what voters really want um, in terms of progressive policies in the Democratic primary.
0: The name of that super PAC, I believe, is Leadership for Mass Independent Expenditure Political Action Committee, and I think, I was trying to figure this out, Tammy, I think that um, commercials... Paid for by them, um, touting the candidacy of Kim Driscoll, began on August 17th, uh, these 30-second spots. And I think they, they they the Political Action Committee, has uh, paid $100,000 just to WCVB for advertising. Do you have any more information than that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we'll see, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars pouring in for these ads. Um, exactly what you found out. Um, You know, we won't know until after some of the expenditures are already made and and what the what the, um, you know, number of ads and how much money this super PAC will spend to try to influence voters towards her way. But, you know, we're out there every single day, as we have been for the last 15 months, talking directly to voters, building grassroots support. I have the endorsement of the Mass Teachers Association and the American Federation of Teachers the endorsement of Our Revolution and Progressive Mass and Bay State Stonewall Democrats. Those organizations have thrown their support behind us because of the ways that I have been a bold and active leader um, and the ways that I will work on putting the health, well-being and dignity of our residents, prioritizing that and investing in our people right here in the state of Massachusetts. So that's what we're excited about in this race is, you know, over the next couple of days as Early voting is underway, getting out and talking to more people. That's why we're in Medway and making our way to Tonson. I uh,
0: And I really appreciate that. And, and I, I haven't, um, Dan can confirm, I'm not like a uh, somebody who likes to uh, promote negative campaigning. Uh, on the contrary, I prefer what you just talked about, which is the positive reasons that somebody should vote for you. But I can't help but ask, because I do not know why would this, Republican backed super PAC um, apparently there's one Republican mega donor named Christopher Collins uh, who's funding it. Why would they want to support Mayor Driscoll's candidacy for lieutenant governor?
1: Yeah, I mean I think that is a really important question to ask. I don't know what that answer is, but I think that people should be asking themselves and and you know uh, taking a closer look if they're thinking about, uh, one of, you know, leaning towards uh, Mayor Driscoll, asking themselves, is this the kind of uh, politicking that we want here in Massachusetts? Senator Lester and I have asked her to disavow uh, the development of this super PAC. She has uh, not. In fact, she's doubled down on, uh, you know, it being okay that this super PAC exists. Um, so I think voters should be asking themselves. And I think voters should also just understand that there are real clear differences in this race And, uh, you know, if you're a progressive voter and you want some of the bold change that we need to address our transportation issues, to address housing, uh, to make sure that we are investing in our mental health and our human services um, sector, that I'm the candidate for you, because these are the things that I have been talking about, not just over the last 15 months of this race, but, uh, you know, really uh, have been spending a lot of time on these issues for years leading up to this race.
0: Okay, we are talking with um, Representative Dr. Uh, Tammy Govea of Acton. W- when we come back, um, Tammy, I want to ask you about uh, mass transit. Uh, we out here, we're very thin skinned uh, being <laughs> west of 495. You understand a bit of it because you went to Mount Holyoke College. But uh, we, are, we always hear all this stuff about the T and yeah. all the great needs of the tea. We are really concerned with what we like to call East-West Rail. So I want to ask you about that when we come back right after these few messages. Stay with us. We're talking with Tammy Govea.
3: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Die, I don't know what's up there.
4: I'm Congressman Richie Neal, and I'm proud to support Michael Fenton for Governor's Counsel. He's an accomplished attorney and an outstanding public servant who will always fight for Western Massachusetts.
0: And I am retired judge and current Governor's counselor Mary Hurley. Mike Fenton has the integrity, knowledge, and ability to serve as Governor's Counselor.
5: He has my enthusiastic support. Hi, I'm Mike Fenton, candidate for Governor's Counsel. I respectfully ask for your vote on Tuesday, September 6th. Thank you. Paid for by the Committee to Elect Michael Fenton
4: this is Jessica from Fitness Together. I meet clients every day who tell me that as the number on their scale grew higher, their self-esteem dropped lower, and going to a traditional gym absolutely terrified them. Here at Fitness Together, we'll work with you one-on-one, either virtually or in one of our private suites in Amherst or Northampton. We'll help you set and reach your fitness goals, and most importantly, smile every time you look in the mirror. Fitness Together in Amherst and Northampton. Your self-worth is worth Fitness Together.
6: Walmart has created a new rewards program for members of Walmart Plus called Walmart Rewards. The program is aimed at helping Walmart Plus members save more money at the store. Additional discounts have been recently added to price breaks on gas and prescriptions. There are more signs that the housing market is weakening, which may be good news for home buyers. Pending home sales, which track contracts signed for home purchases, fell by 1% in July. But Realtor.com reports rents are still rising, especially in suburban neighborhoods. You may want to carefully check out those Purdue frozen ready-to-eat chicken breast tenders before you pop them in the oven. The Agriculture Department's Food Safety and Inspection Service says they contain extraneous materials, small pieces of clear plastic and blue dye to be exact. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com.
3: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
0: And welcome back. We are talking with uh, Representative and Dr. Tammy Govea of Acton of the 14th Middlesex, and she's a candidate for lieutenant governor. And just before the break, I uh, flagged the great amount of discussion uh, that's been circulating among our uh, representatives and uh, the governor uh, about fixing the T, the problems associated with the T. And I want to ask you about transportation, but I want to do it in a very sort of self-centered way. We out here in Western Massachusetts are, for years, for decades, we've been talking about West East transportation so that our seat of government has greater access for us. So, Tammy, could you talk to us about transportation?
1: Yeah, so transportation is one of the issues that I ran on when I first ran for state representative four years ago. I also ran on uh, climate change and single-payer health care. I know those, those are things that also happen to be important to voters in Western Mass. Uh, I know this because I've been hearing about these uh, issues in particular for these last 15 months that i have been on the campaign trail. I do support uh, East-West Rail, West-East Rail, however you prefer to frame it um uh, but i also believe that we need to make greater investments in our regional transit authorities and in all of uh, the micro transit and other smaller transportation hubs uh to make sure that folks in western mass can get access to medical services and the appointments that they need or get to a job or uh you know get to get to school um i do support making our bus systems um free without means testing um the there's a lot of bureaucracy that gets built into means testing that ends up just being a waste of taxpayer dollars when we could just make sure that everybody has access to public transportation as a public good. Um, and again, you know, I, I know that it's a really big issue uh, in Western Mass. When I did my my doctoral research on opioid policies, that was, and I interviewed folks in Western Mass. That was the big thing that kept coming up is the need for transportation. So I've been kind of on this kick
0: around transportation for, for quite some time. Yeah, well, we are, it's a big topic out here, and uh, so many of us are really looking for it. Every time we go to Boston, it's a very big deal for us, and we're dying to have that work out. There's been a whole lot of talk um, about this decades-old tax cap law that the Baker administration estimates could send. I, I've i read $3 billion back to residents. I've read 4300000000 mm-hmm. billion. I've read... One and a half billion, I really don't know, but a lot of money that could be coming back into taxpayers' uh, pockets through rebates because revenue exceeded what was estimated. So could you talk to us about that and where you stand in that regard and what we should use that money for?
1: Yeah, I mean, so we don't we won't know what the final number is until the auditor comes out with her report. I do believe um, because this has implications for that economic development package, which has some really important um, tax relief baked into it. So I am calling for us to get back into session once the auditor's report comes out, because I think the thing that is needed immediately is to give that kind of economic relief to um, our very hardworking folks here in Massachusetts. My understanding from folks I've been talking to in western part of the state for quite some time is that you all were hit with the 2008 recession and never really got out of it. And then now you're hit with uh, the recession and or, you know, the the economic challenges associated with COVID. So that's why I believe we need to get back into session and get that tax relief out to folks. It has, you know, rent an increase in the rental deduction, an increase in the earned income tax credit relief for our seniors. Those things are just really important. And I've lived this life of, you know, having been a single parent, um, having a negative bank balance, claiming bankruptcy, needing to borrow money from from friends and family to put gas in my car and to buy a gallon of milk. I understand the the shame that comes with that and how isolating financial insecurity really can be. So that's why I'm calling for us to to get back to the table and, and, you know, get that done and get that passed in addition to whatever's happening with this 1986 trigger law which we don't know what those final numbers are yet.
0: And my final question only because we're out of time um, is it involves affordable housing. I'm um, mm. you know you mentioned seniors. I'm I'm in the fourth quarter. I'm in my 70s. But when I at the tail end of my first quarter, my wife and I bought a house for $14,500 and we uh, over the years we both worked and we Built it into a nice thing. We now know that it's worth more money than we ever thought. And at the same time, that's happening. We see so many young people trying to get into the housing, into housing to build their own, to have the same opportunity we had. And they just can't afford even the rentals, even in our small town of Ashfield. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do about that?
1: Yeah, I believe that we need to get really to the root causes of what's driving the housing crisis. We can't simply just build our way out of the housing crisis and think that the job is done. We have private investors, some in the state, some of them out of the country even, who are parking their money uh, into our housing. It's also impacting retail spaces in our downtown areas. Um, So we really have to get at what's really going on here. I think there's some tax structure that we can probably explore when it comes to short-term rentals, for sure, but also... You know, just this notion that folks are private investors and private equity firms are gobbling up property. So if we just keep building and building and seniors can't downsize or young families can't, you know, get into the housing market, then we've really done nothing to solve the housing crisis. So we've got to get at that. That is one of the five working groups that I want to form um, to get at the root causes of that issue
0: got it. Her name is Representative Dr. Tammy Gouveia of Acton. Uh, Tammy, I wish you the best of luck. I'm so g- grateful that you uh, joined us today, and I'm grateful that you're running and giving voters a chance. Voters, you have until, I think, September 2nd is the end of early voting, and September 6th, if you had absentee ballots, you have to be in by this September 6th, and um, you're going to have from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock on September 6th to vote. Again... Thank you, Representative Gouveia, for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much. Okay.
0: We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be with Megan Zinn, and um, she is, uh, I think, going to be talking, Hey, What Are You Streaming?, with Jenny Hansel and Tommy O'Connor right after these messages. Stay with us.
3: This is My the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
1: Happy talk, keep talking happy.
3: The Afternoon Buzz is brought to you by Lundgren, family run
7: since 1964. Greenfield's largest automotive group is the place to buy your next Honda, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, or Ram. Experience it in Greenfield.
4: For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Senator Elizabeth Warren spoke at a town hall event at GCC on Saturday morning. In response to a Deerfield Select Board member's question about federal funding for infrastructure projects, she said the wealthy need to pay their fair share in taxes to make up for decades of disinvestment.
1: Part of the reason we have such huge infrastructure bills coming due is because we've underinvested in
4: infrastructure for 50 years now. The town of Deerfield has been slammed with costly upgrades to the South Deerfield Water Treatment Facility in the last year, a facility that was originally built with funds from the EPA. Deputy Superintendent of the Hampshire County Jail Barbara Marin is resigning as a result of the probe into a suspicious car with government plates, driving by another jail employee's home and taking pictures. Marine's name appeared in a Southampton police report investigating the incident. Sheriff Patrick K. Lane says he will not tolerate this conduct from any staff or campaign member. K. Lane said he is not personally involved in the investigation and did not speak to Marine about it. K. Lane is running against Yvonne Gittleson and Caitlin Cepetta for re-election as Hampshire County Sheriff. Northampton High School is without a principal for the start of the school year. The school district's interim leader is negotiating with a candidate for interim principal. However, the Gazette reports that officials still have not ruled out Lori Valencourt returning to her role full-time. An attorney is conducting an investigation into issues raised by students, but the report has not been made public, and no final decision on Valencourt's employment has been announced
3: mixture of sun and clouds this afternoon, breezy and warm, a high of 86 to 90. Variable clouds tonight, patchy fog, low 62 to 68. Mostly sunny tomorrow, a high of 88 to 92. Chance for a shower tomorrow night. I'm 22 News Storm Team meteorologist Brian Lapis, 101.5 WHMP.
7: This week's Shop Tuesday is Slantia. This Tuesday at 9 AM, Slantia releases gift certificates for their Holyoke restaurant. Eat and drink on Slancha's patio high up on Jarvis Avenue with a view of Holyoke and beyond. Good food and drink, lunch and dinner daily. They say it on the old sod and they say it in Holyoke. Slancha, available this Shop Tuesday at 9 a.m.
5: on the Shop 30 store at whmp.com.
3: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg 101.5 WHMP. And welcome
0: back for those who are with us. Thank you for joining us. Those who are just coming on. I just want one more thank you for Dr. Tammy Govea of Acton, the candidate for lieutenant governor who joined us today. Our final um, statewide candidate will be on Wednesday, Salem Mayor Kim Driscoll, candidate for also the lieutenant governor's Democratic nomination uh, Will be joining us for the second time In the afternoon buzz So do uh, tune in at 4 o'clock on Wednesday To hear uh, Kim Driscoll You all know election is on the 6th Make sure that you vote And now joining us after a hiatus Because she has some family stuff to family do Family stuff, I had to travel She had to travel Megan's in and We're going to talk streaming
8: Yeah we are We're, we're going to talk, talk what, what we've yeah. been watching We're going to go easy today um, but I've kind of been thinking about it because we're reaching the end of the summer, and also I always think of the fall as when TV starts, which is not true anymore and hasn't been true for about twenty years. But I still think of it that way. Um, I do too, if it's any consolation. Good, because uh, we're old, and um, you know we're summer's ending. We're going to be spending more time inside. Who knows if there's going to be. COVID peaks or not. And so I thought we could talk about... Shush your mouth. Okay. The, no, nothing about COVID, nothing at all. Um, but uh, so we're going to talk about what we've been watching on TV and streaming and what we're looking forward to in the fall. And my guests are Tommy O'Connor, who is a student at UMass Amherst uh, majoring in English, and Jenny Hansel, who is the president of the Berkshire Natural Resources Council, which is a land conservancy organization. And who has written about film, theater, television, and other pop culture for the Lakeville Journal for many years? So, welcome, folks. Um, so, let's just dive in. Um, Tommy, what have? You, tell me a couple shows you've been watching this summer.
9: Well, uh, hi everybody. Um, the big show I've been watching that I just saw the series finale of is Better Call Saul. Yeah. It was awesome. I can't say enough. It had me emotional for mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even that emotional of a person. Yeah, yeah. So, oh my gosh, it really blew me away. What do you um, love about it? I just love, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> yeah.
8: What do you love without spoiling too much?
9: The big thing is Bob Odenkirk mm-hmm. stars as Jimmy McGill slash Saul Goodman slash Gene Takovic through the series. And he really just, I don't know, he encapsulates a lovable bad guy. Right, right. Like he is objectively somebody with pretty bad morals tends to do bad things he's a criminal Mm -hmm. and yet you're still cheering for him pretty much the whole show which really is just it's just captivating
8: yeah and and for anybody who doesn't know it's a spinoff of breaking bad he was he was uh, the lawyer in breaking bad what what streaming service is it on or so the first network
9: the first five seasons are on netflix and Mm -hmm. then season six parts one and two i watched live on amc okay I'm sure you could buy think, it now.
8: I think you can also get it through Hulu if you have Hulu. You can
9: access yeah, AMC. Yeah, that's possible. That's good to
8: know. Jenny, what about what you? What's the sort of top thing for you?
2: Well, I haven't watched Better Call Saul. It's on the long list of things mm-hmm. that someday I'll get to, like <laughs> The Wire. Maybe someday I'll oh, get gosh. to it. I have been watching a lot of TV this summer. I It's hard to pick just one, but I'll start with um, – Our Flag Means Death. Ah,
8: That's on my list, too. Uh, Yeah, Our Flag Means Death. Our Flag flag Means Death. Our Flag Means
2: Death. It's on HBO Max, and it's about pirates in the 18th century. And it's uh, created by Taika Waititi. He's a producer of it, and he's a star of it. And this fascinating cast of mostly unknown people. It's about this um, pirate named Steed Bonnet. Who's historically who, real person. Who is person. a real mm-hmm. person. And Megan and I have talked about this at length. <laughs> um, and uh, Taika Waititi plays Blackbeard, the famous pirate. And it's a comedy. And it's also very heartfelt and sweet. And it um, starts out, you might have to give it a couple of episodes. Yes, it starts I out great. feeling a little bit like stale Monty Python, I thought. But by episode three, it just gets, it just takes off. And I just think, I, I just couldn't get it out of my head. I just loved it.
8: Yeah. And it's, um, and it's a romance too. Mm-hmm. And it's, I know that it's developed quite a queer following, um, which um, it's just been just kind of um, really sweet LGBT themes um, in, in varying ways, which has has gotten quite a quite a following. It's
2: Although, if you listen to all the queer pirate fan <laughs> podcasts, you'll find out that there's <laughs> other queer pirate shows that they like even better. Oh, I,
8: I need to know what yeah. these are. Do you know oh, off the top I of your sent head?
2: You oh, what the other shows? Yeah, are. no, I said I remember we talked about mm-hmm. it, one of those podcasts and they mentioned oh, the, the podcast. Lyrics. I'm just
8: wondering yeah. what the other no, show what the I'm other shows sure. would be. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out.
2: Yeah. Um, the, the
8: I think the best thing I've seen this summer, which has gotten a fair amount of. Buzz, excuse me, Buzz um, is um, the Bear. Have either of you watched the Bear? Not yet. It, it is um, on Hulu FX, but you can watch it through Hulu. And it is about it's a it's pretty short. I think it's only six episodes, maybe eight, half hour um, comedy drama about this young chef who is a rising star in the chef world. He's he works at you know um, at five star four four five star restaurants. And he moves back to Chicago to take over the family's I don't, the beef stand, basically, the place where they sell beef sandwiches. And um, and so it's him. And, and he's taken it over because his brother, who had committed suicide, had left it to him. So he's struggling with family and with the brother's suicide. And then um, kind of adapting to this... And the kitchen adapting to him because they don't want any part of him being there and bringing order to uh, their kitchen. And um, it is... Um, really, it's really beautiful. Um, It's funny. It's got uh, fantastic characters. Um, And if you like um, watching the chaos of a a commercial kitchen, you get... It's it's really stressful. (laughs) It just confirms for me that I never wanted to work in in a commercial kitchen.
2: Funny (laughs) is good and Thirty minute episodes is very good. Yes. One of the things we got into this summer was Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um, never got around to it. My husband wanted to watch it, so we're we've just finished up season three and have dived into season four. It gets progressively more violent and yeah, gruesome that's and what sort I of gather. upsetting as it goes along. And Apparently, season four, a lot of the episodes are movie length, even over two oh, hours. Oh, wow. So I'm kind of dreading that, but <laughs> I'm also committed. I have to see. We see shouldn't it have TV
8: that we dread.
2: I know, but, you know, once you get connected to these characters, That's you true. need to know what happens to them. That's part of what keeps me sticking with a TV yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. So let, right. me, let me,
0: I want to ask a question of each of the three of you. Maybe I should start with Tommy, mm-hmm. who's, who's the youngest of us here, I think, um, <laughs> which is. I used to judge the quality of series about whether or not the production quality was like movie quality. Like mm. it was, you know, whether it was yeah. sort of tackily produced produce, right. or whether it was really like something. Quality that, like a movie. Yeah. yeah, more like a movie. Like the, the sets were more
9: elaborate and it just placed you there in a yeah. better way. Do you, do yeah, you, are yeah. you
0: attentive to that stuff?
9: Um, like, I think it really depends what I'm watching. Like if I'm watching like a sort of sitcom comedy type thing, I don't really care that much about it because it's about the jokes. You know, it's about how funny I think it Mm -hmm. is. But a show like Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad or like, I don't know if any of you have seen Succession. uh, Great show. Those ones sort of like the movie quality and like the slow build of character development and stuff is definitely something I look for. I would yeah.
2: say. Yeah, I think I notice it for sure. And I you know, succession is a great example of something that has incredibly high production values, stranger things, God knows how much they spend on the CGI mm-hmm. for those monsters. Oh they the scariest yeah. monsters I've ever seen. <laughs> Our flag means Death had a bit of a cheaper cheese. Yeah, feel but that was part admit, of it. I did not appeal. care. Yeah. If the writing is good, if the characters are compelling, if I'm drawn into the story I can overlook yeah. that. No budget. I, yeah, this is Megan.
8: I think, you know, when I was growing up, there was usually a pretty big gulf between TV and movies. And now that gulf has narrowed now that TV shows um they have longer story arcs, they have better characterization. You know, they're not light and fluffy in in or well, I guess that, that that's not really true because there was lots of um very hard-hitting shows, but they had a very different feel for movies. And I feel like now TV shows are able to, or or streaming, I'll just call it all TV, um, are able to really get into characters and storylines, and they do in a way that movies can't because movies are only two hours. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, you know, I think it took uh, probably a couple of decades for them to really um, embrace what makes TV different and good. It's so funny you say it. When
0: I was growing up, TV was black and white. We had Technicolor movies, which (laughs) was like a really (laughs) big Right, right. What what about I, I want this from all three of you too? Sometimes when I watch a series, it feels soap opery to me. Mm-hmm. I can't say why, but it, it well, just some are story, really yeah. Because I never was a soap opera guy. But yeah, it just, yeah. The story seems canned and not as textured as real life relationships are. Do you? Is that one of the criteria that you use to judge whether you're enjoying a series?
8: Not necessarily, because I can enjoy a good soap opera as much as the next guy. But um, that is definitely true. Some are more so. You know, I, I'm the last person in the world who's still watching Grey's Anatomy, and you couldn't have a more soap opera opery show, and I, I enjoy that about it. But it wouldn't be good if um, you know some of these this prestige TV with really intricate characters and and plot lines suddenly got. Got um, soap operary, which is a word I can't say. <laughs> How about you, um, Jenny? You like yeah, soap operary?
2: I mean, I have no um, judgment of soap operas. I think that people love them because they touch on real human emotion. However, when you said that, I started thinking about Only Murders in the Building, Mm -hmm. which I just finished watching the recent season of. And we love that show.
0: That's one with Steve Martin. Steve Martin, Martin Martin Short, Short.
2: and Selena Gomez. And they're living in the Upper West Side of Manhattan solving murders that happen in their building. There's a wonderful uh, Tina Fey role in it. But there was one subplot that felt very soap opera-y, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to think about why it bothered me. It felt like they were kind of hitting the same note over and over again of we want to have some human um, emotion here, we want to get to the heart of these characters, and it did feel a little forced. This was uh, had to do with a DNA test of the <sighs> short character. And I, it just was kind of the only false note yeah, interesting, in, the, in interesting. the show this year, I thought.
9: How about you tell me? Um, I mean, I can get into a soap opera. Like, during the <laughs> pandemic, uh, I don't know, have you guys ever heard of One Tree Hill?
2: Absolutely.
8: Familiar with Never
9: it, yeah. It. Oh, my and gosh. And soap
8: opera, sort of a teenage soap opera. Yeah, really? yeah, it's,
9: like, about, like, these two, like, brothers, and, like, it's so wildly over the top. Like, at one point, <laughs> and I don't want to spoil it, but, like, the dad ends up just becoming an evil villain, and then he ends up in prison for a stretch of time. But, I mean, I'm kind of okay with that in a show like that just because that's what's keeping it entertaining. Right. Whereas in, like, a show where I'm really invested in the characters, I kind of like the more subtle expression of emotions just because mm-hmm. that's more what real life is. Like, real life isn't just flying off the handle and, like, you know, constant, like, deaths and, like, cheating on spouses and all that stuff. It's more in the the finer details. So, I don't know. I think there's a time and a place yeah. for it.
8: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, before we take a break, Tommy, I've got something to tell you. I'm pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a break. With alien twins. Right. We're going to be back with with Megan and with Jenny and with Tommy. We're going to keep talking. What are you streaming? Right after these messages. Stay with us.
3: This is the we afternoon buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015 WHMP.
9: So I stayed up and read, put two words in my head, got me mixed up, so I turned. out.
6: Has the Massachusetts legislature been working
5: in August? And what about September? And will that billion dollars come back to the Massachusetts taxpayer? Join us when we hear the views of Representative Mindy Dom, who will be our guest. Tuesday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman, weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP News, Information and the Arts.
1: Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. The education assistance I received
4: made it possible for me to be the first person in my family to go to school and graduate debt-free. That education helped get me to the first day at my dream job, a
1: job that I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job, plus the other benefits possible from the Army National Guard, helped me become a first-time homeowner. Also, part of my role as a National Guard soldier means I know that I can be one of the first to respond and help my community if disaster ever strikes. I'm extremely proud that I get to serve my community and that first step I took by joining the Army National Guard has made all the difference in my life. Talk to your local recruiter or visit nationalguard.com to find out what first are available to you in the Army National Guard.
3: sponsored by the Massachusetts Army National Guard, aired by the Massachusetts Broadcasters Association at this station. Lundgren Honda, experience it. Now it isn't just one thing. It is everything you expect when you're looking for your next car, your first car, or to repair your car. Award-winning customer service, no hassle, negotiation-free
5: pricing, and friendly familiar faces you know and trust with your vehicle. Rob Avery from Lungren Honda. We're all looking to get the most for our money when it comes to buying gas. How is your gas mileage doing? Is it as good as when you first got your vehicle? Let Lungren Honda help. We will have one of our technicians perform an express oil change service. It will change your oil and filter and fill the engine with the correct oil. Check and set the tire pressures to the proper specs and make sure that your air filter is clean. All of these make a big difference when it comes to gas mileage. Call, stop by, or make an appointment online and mention this ad for 10% off.
3: Consumer Satisfaction Award winners two years running. Lundgren Honda proudly provides you with an award winning experience. See the latest selection of new and certified pre-owned cars at 409 Federal Street and Lundgren Honda of Greenfield.com. Lundgren Honda of Greenfield, experience it.
5: Help a local baby stay fresh. One in three local families sometimes have to choose between diapers and feeding their kids. Let's wipe out diaper need in our communities.
7: Donate diapers and wipes or cash through 31st during the United Way Diaper Drive. Drop off new or clean opened packages of diapers or pull ups at locations across Franklin and Hampshire counties. Find out how and where to donate at uw-fh.org forward slash diaper-drive. This is the Afternoon Buzz
3: with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015-WHMP.
0: We are back. Um, this is Buzz, the world's worst judge of streaming uh, videos. Uh, it's a constant uh, source of discussion with my wife, Marcine. So fortunately, Megan and Jenny and Tommy are here to help us out. All
8: knowledgeable. Um, so I wanted to ask both of you, um, what... Do you, do you go look for something in particular in television? Do you look for escape? Do you look to more engage in the world? Do you look for other experiences? I imagine it's probably a mix, but um, Jenny, just to start with you.
2: Yeah, I would say all of the above. Uh, you know, compelling characters, mm-hmm. being in a world that is something new and different. Yeah. Something that I've really enjoyed um, this summer is season two of Reservation Dogs, yes. another type of TV yeah. production about Native American teenagers mm-hmm. on a reservation in Oklahoma. It's just everything about it is a whole different world. Right. And it's funny. I, I definitely turn to TV yeah. to laugh. I do not want any post-apocalyptic wastelands, please, and you know, <laughs> super stressful other than stranger things I'm gonna mm-hmm. hang in there with. But, um, you know, I definitely want to enjoy my time watching TV. So um, I think past that, anything goes. All
9: right.
8: Tommy, what about you?
9: Um, I mean, I kind of feel like there's a certain level of escapism and like a lot of forms of entertainment I do That's you true. know just mm-hmm. cuz it's like you know if you're bored I'll go do it I'm kind of escaping from that but i mean i definitely kind of also like to interact with like real world issues like one show i watched a lot of was atlanta mm-hmm. on hulu mm-hmm. which is a great show yeah. because it's super entertaining funny and it kind of speaks a lot about race yes. in an interesting way that isn't just like sort of what we've seen mm-hmm. But more like kind of in-depth sort of yeah, subtle nuanced. stuff um so yeah, that's that's definitely been cool but then there's also times where you know I want to just pretend I'm like Tony soprano for an hour <laughs> and I just put sopranos on and-, and watch that so I don't know yeah, I think it's it's both for me yeah, as well
8: yeah I, I tend to be I tend to be a, a comfort viewing a, a, an escapist but I realize I actually do watch a lot of shows for this, um um the same reasons that Jenny said of uh, because it does give you a, a perspective um, that you are not going to get. And as television becomes more diverse, you're getting much more perspectives. And Reservation Dogs is a perfect example of it. I have not watched the second season yet, but that is is that sh- that is FX and it also on Hulu. And that is one of the best shows I've seen in the past couple of years. Yep. Um, I had the same experience watching Insecure, which is done now. So if anybody, w- it's on HBO and if you want to be able to watch all of it. And that's a half hour comedy um, from Issa Rae. And that just kind of just gives a very... Young young people having a very different life than I had, and it's also very funny uh, and very well done. That's on um, my must watch. Oh, list. that it's fantastic. Um, and so, I, I TV can these days um, now that TV is far more diverse, it can give you that experience um, of just kind of looking at different worlds. Mm-hmm. And and we were talking a little bit at the break about how Netflix can. So if you really dig into Netflix, you can find stuff from all over the world. TV shows. Um, that you've never heard of um, f- from all over the world, and then the algorithm starts throwing them at you, um, new ones, and it's it's kind of a fun way to, like, see different perspectives. Um, and um, – but so all, also we got – it is the fall, and there are new seasons starting, and there's probably things that you just haven't gotten to yet. Um, so, Tommy, what, what are you looking forward to watching that's that's just started or coming up or whatever?
9: Well, one thing that just started that is – all the talk amongst my friends is a uh, house of the dragon oh, on yeah. HBO oh, that the, max. The That's that B- prequel, prequel to game of Thrones. Yes. Um, I'm two episodes in now. I watched the newest one last night and it's pretty good. That's d- what I would have to it say. It's pretty to good
8: G- game of Thrones.
9: Um, I mean, it's certainly not game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I'd say, I mean, it's hard to tell, you know, two episodes is two episodes and it's definitely good. It's entertaining. Um, We'll see where it goes. I guess it's got the sort of same level of, like, excitement, hyper-violent, but still really good. And a lot of character development that you can see is going to happen. All the same, like, inter-family tension stuff.
8: Yeah, very cool. And Jenny, what, what are you looking forward to?
2: Well, I just found out that Schmigadoon is going to have a season two. Schmigadoon <laughs> is a fabulous silly musical comedy show starring Cecily Strong and Keegan-Michael Key. They are The next episode is in the 60s and 70s, and it's basically oh. So You're making that. So sh- I am no, not, it's not. you got to check it, it out. You it's, have was to that Apple TV? That is Apple yeah. TV, and it is delightful. I know you're a musical theater person from our earlier conversation. You should go find Schmigadoon. We is only have one minute, I,
0: and I said I wasn't going to ask a question, okay, but I have cool. to. Do you think that your experience as a resource management person, does that impact on what you like to watch? Either that you don't want to do, you don't want to watch what you do all day, or that you do want to watch what you do all day?
2: No, I would say I don't want to watch what (laughs) I do all day. I want something different, something that's just a whole other world.
0: Got it. Tommy, you're an English major. I am. Does that affect what you like and what you don't like?
9: Um. I mean, not to sound pretentious, but I <laughs> definitely, I fine. definitely like stuff I can analyze a little more. Something that's not super clear. Like I watched uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. That's a movie, not a oh, show. Yeah. But Good I choice. found, and I guess that's also a book. Yes, it is. I guess I should have read the book if I'm an English major. Not but, would like. Um, yeah, like I kind of like that sort of stuff more, and I think that's definitely grown since I became an English My major. My recommendation is to watch it on LSD. No. <laughs> LSD. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Megan, we only have 30 seconds, but what about oh you? Gosh. What well, you do for a living and what oh, you do for yeah. a Well, you know, I'm a, a writer
8: pastor. and a copy editor, so there's really not a whole lot of shows about writers and copy editors. And I have a feeling that any show about no, writers. No, but
0: all, of, all the scripts are.
8: They, that's true. Copied. That's a true. And I, and, and I can appreciate the art um, that. And I often watch shows going, God, I wish I could write like that. Or, gee, I wish I'd come up with that. Um, so there's that element. Um, I think if I was watching a show about a writer, I would just find it really stressful.
0: <laughs> I am having the biggest deja vu. It is, we're, we're coming into the winter, and we're talking about streaming, and it feels like 2020. And um, I really appreciate it, because um, we're going to be looking for what to watch next. Yeah. It's really great. Got some
8: good, good suggestions here.
0: Great. Thank you both for joining us. My Thank, pleasure. You Thank you, Megan, for bringing them. And uh, everybody, join us tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Be square.
3: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015 WHMP.
1: How long and how hard would you work to own your own home? At Pioneer Valley Habitat for Humanity, future homeowners contribute dozens of hours to build a home for
8: their family. But they need your help. Thousands of community supporters have participated Live in and this local work
3: news since News and talk for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. W H M P Northampton. W H M Q Greenfield. A Northampton radio group station. It's